everybody to episode number five of Tell Them Again with the Mugururas. This is a podcast that we put together to have conversations that we feel are pertinent and poignant for people who are entering ministry, for people who are walking through ministry, and for people who have questions about how to grow and how to and how to move forward in, in, in the things that they're doing. And these conversations are birthed out of are birthed out of personal conversations that I've had with my father over the years because I'm a minister. My name is Paul Mugarra. My dad's name is Benoni Mugarra. Dad, would you like to say hi? Oh, hello, everyone. Uh, what a joy it is to meet you at this place. And uh, we are very, very pleased and delighted that you could choose to be part of this. We are glad and we pray that you will be helped or you'll be assisted. <laughs> yes, it is a joy for us to, to, to share this because um, we've, we, we, we've kind of been working very hard to make it happen. I live in Ottawa, Canada. My father lives in Wakiso, Uganda. He lives very close to the district headquarters. So when you hear Wakiso, I know Wakiso is a big district, uh, but he lives very close to the Wakiso headquarters. Um, and so he does live in Wakiso, Uganda. And um, we come to you by a miracle of technology that we're able to do this. Um, and this is a passion project of ours. Anyway, so today's topic of discussion is going to be about building or intentionally seeking out ministry cohorts. We're still kind of in this in this in this in this discussion about people who are who are entering ministry, who are new to ministry, who are trying to find their feet um, in ministry. Um, our first few episodes, Dad, if you let me, I'll just quickly um, I'll just quickly uh, look. Look! Look at our older um, episodes, sure, and and let people sure. know what let people know what we've covered. Um, in our older episodes, we covered um, conversations about calling. Um, we covered and 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 most recently last week, um, we talked about um, finding your individual life purpose. Um, and um, and we covered a lot of scripture in that conversation. Today, we'd like to make it a little more personal and talk about building, about a minister building intentional uh, cohorts um, that support him. And so, Dad, would you like to open up uh, this discussion? What thoughts do you have, kind of right off the bat, um, in this in this topic? When I entered into ministry. I took it just like you would go to a job anywhere, having been employed by someone, and then going to perform the job, going to do it. And that, that, that meant that I was thinking about me and doing the ministry in this sense in the church because I had been employed in the church to the ministry. But as I look back, there are so many things that um, did, 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 did get left on the side just because I was thinking I am the performer. I am the performer of this. And some of this had to do with friends. I had friends before we entered into ministry. Yes. 
Some of them were in ministry themselves, others were not. But as the time went by, because I concentrated on the work, I went on losing friends. And my work was such that I had to drive all over the place, uh, all over this yes. country, trying to look for youth leaders to train them to be able to go and lead their, their youth groups in the parishes. Yes. But I know even somebody has been, for instance, been given a, par a parochial ministry in, 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 in a congregational ministry. It, it is the same. It is the same. You uh, come in and uh, then there's a lot of work to be done. They, uh, yes. You look at the uh, amount of time that you have to be spending uh, studying and visiting and uh, or, or leading this meeting or the other. And there doesn't seem to be enough time left for self, for yourself. Yes. And that makes it hard to keep relations outside of, if you're, one is married, then one is, is keeping the relationship at home. But the other, yes. the others, the social relationships that make somebody yes. really thrive. Um, that, mm. that, that, that there was so much need in my time. And I see it even up to now. So that's why I thought that we would yes. talk about this. Yes, it is something that is really interesting that I that I see. My my journey into ministry has not been the typical journey. Most people who get into um, any kind of vocational ministry work, either in legacy churches like the Anglican Church, Catholic Church, Lutheran, Presbyterian, blah blah blah, um, or or now in 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 the newer denominations like the Pentecostals, Baptists, all of those, or even non denominational churches, they go to Bible school first, um, and then after they've come out of Bible school or seminary or whatever. They get sent to churches, um, and the and the and the and the friendships and the connections that they've built um, up to that point in their life um, kind of get lost because they get dispersed all over the country and all over the world. You might um, you might you might have studied in Uganda and you get a position that sends you um, to Southeast Asia. You might have studied in South in 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 northern Uganda and you get posted to uh, you know uh, somewhere else in central Uganda or whatever or any number of things. Or here in Canada we have a huge country you might have studied in Ontario like you dad you studied at at Huron College um yes. but uh you know you had friends who eventually got sent all over the country um you know from Halifax all the way to Vancouver um which is which is practically the, the 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 breadth of the continent so um yes. So those those fellowships and those 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 uh, situations that were developed in the crucible of um, of, of seminary and of uh, Bible college, um, they, they they can start to pull apart as 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 you kind of focus on the ministry in the location where you are, and even for people like myself who entered ministry. Um, through non-traditional ways, because I became a pastor without having set foot in uh, Bible college or seminary. Um, even for me, 
my professional and casual uh, intellectual and social friendships started to fray because the work of the ministry is very demanding. The the, yes. the pull the pull of the people and the demands of of, of the teams that you are overseeing and supporting um, becomes very demanding. And 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 if you're not intentional, you can lose touch um, with those. So you have to you have to I guess what you're saying is is build up um new 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 connections so um in preparing for this for this podcast you mentioned um that there's certain needs that you've identified because you are my senior in ministry by many many years <laughs> you there's certain there's certain needs that you have identified um yes that 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 a minister needs to address in building a cohort um would you like to talk about the first need the 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 social need yes the social need um i I, i'll first give an an illustration of this in my own life um one day when i came home I had been at church, I had been all over the place, and I, I came home, and this guy that is talking, Paolo, uh, came in and called me, I, Uncle Ben, I want to talk to you. Uncle Ben is my, was my ministry name. Um, so many young people called me Uncle Ben at church. But now he needs my attention, and he, I, hasn't, I haven't been giving him enough attention then he comes and he calls me Uncle Ben to catch my attention. And his mother says, why did you call him Uncle Ben? He says, everybody who calls him Uncle Ben, he responds to. So that's what I, why I called him. <laughs> and now, that is an illustration of the commitment. If you are committed to ministry, if you are working and you have all sorts of meetings and, and, and teachings to do at church and all, you are sold to that. And whatever else that is social gets left on the side. What, I, what I'm advocating for uh, in this particular uh, podcast is that each minister have a few friends that you really are committed to just being friends and that you... you, you you commit to a time together, you a particular day, particular time, and you will meet together and just just be together and have fun. If you are married, then that could include in your spouses. But otherwise, uh, just just forget about things. Be, build friendships. Build, and, and building friendships would mean, therefore, that you are building friendships across the ages. I will give an illustration of this from a friend who came to visit uh, here at Wakiso, and she was telling us of when she asked her mother, her mother who is uh, above 80, what would she have done better if she went back to be young? She said, I would have made friends with people across the ages because the the more uh, you go in time, the less you have the people that you started with, and you need those who have come, who are younger, whom you have become friends with, to continue surviving. So, yes, that is um, uh, uh, a, a point I wanted to make, that 
it's it's important that the minister has the has the social side of life uh, uh, yes. yeah, met and revealed. And 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 it also creates a space of accountability if you have if you have those friendships um, with 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 people with whom you can walk and with whom you can be open to to just walk with and to commiserate about the journey that you're on. Um, because if you don't have that, then you're just you're just a lone wolf. And like uh, we we see it we see it in the animal kingdom. There is no single animal that walks alone by themselves. Even the ones that look like they're alone are not really alone. They have a partner who you might not see, or they have someone with whom they intersect. Um, every week or so. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Like uh, we, we. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to digress a little bit. We were watching a documentary about uh, about snow leopards. Snow leopards are, are probably some of the most um, antisocial animals. Um, they generally do stuff alone. The women stay alone, and the men stay alone, and they don't hang out together in groups. You will not find two snow leopards together unless it's a mother and her cubs. But the snow leopards always go to this one tree or this one rock. They rub up against it. They smell it. They whatever. It's their way of communicating with each other to say, hey, I'm here. Even though we're high up in the Himalayas and we do not see each other very much, there's others of us here. We salute you. We say hi. <laughs> um, we, we, as, we as ministers cannot be lone islands. We cannot be just running just doing the work of God and not be in fellowship with with anybody else. It's not healthy. It's a recipe for disaster, wouldn't you say? Exactly, exactly. Because you see, um, uh, we, we we tend often we tend to think that we are building others because that's what we're meant to do. As in ministry, you are giving. You are giving. And the more you give, the more you are, your resources are depleted. And this particular, in this particular area of relationships and uh, friends, and uh, yeah, uh, you you continue giving until you reach a point where the only people that you are related to are those who are receiving from you. They are receiving from you. you they are not giving you anything. They come, they want yes. this, they come, they want that, they come, they want the other. And uh, so this little cohort that we're talking about yes. of a few friends yes. then will rejuvenate you. You just meet together, you sit, or you agree to meet over a cup of tea, or you take lunch out together, and you, uh, you, have, you have just fun, play uh, some, some game. Uh, together and do, you don't have even to do the Bible study or, or something that is, you don't have to be spiritual in this particular time, but, but build one another up and um, that re rejuvenates the life of the minister. Yes, um, even psychologists would 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 say, um, and I know this because I've been to therapy, <laughs> because being in ministry almost broke me, and I needed to sit with a therapist to help me build myself back up, and she helped me to see that I had reached a point in my life where the only relationships I had were with people who I was serving. 
there were no relationships yes. that were just mutual and what was happening was that I was burning myself out anyway um you 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 used to have a friend called Ron Kohler Ron if you ever listen to this we salute you would t- tell us about your friendship with Ron I th- I think it was pretty special it was very very special Ron Kohler an American came with the navigators and was uh, his particular uh, point of recruiting or developing ministers was Makerere University, where I was serving. So we would interact, and he became a member of the congregation I was leading. And uh, at one time, he just invited me to go out with him. And uh, we, we, we went out uh, to uh, uh, the, the beach side of, the, of Lake Victoria, and we ordered the fishermen to bring us some fish, roast it for us. We ate, we sat. He had these comfortable reclining chairs, and he would sit on there. He would be reading some of the messages from his friends who were writing to him, and I would sit yeah. there and snooze, uh, which is. <laughs> <laughs> So, but he, I would look to see, and he also would have snoozed out, and then our lunch would be ready, we would eat, and later in the afternoon, drive back home. That was a yes. very, very, very big blessing to me. And I thank wow. God for Ron Kohler. And, um, yes. uh, well, about the time that I was retiring, he was also going back, transferred, transferring back to the United States. We're in touch, but wow. not as close as we used to be. But that, that is, that's what I'm talking about. Something that, yes. a, a program that, that recognizes that you are tired. You get tired. Yes. You get tired, yes. and even in bed sometimes, you go to bed and there's this problem that hasn't been solved, it is on your head, and mm. you seem to sleep, but you are not sleeping. But you need a time, just a time to be free, mm. to get out. And if you can yes. be more than two or three, then that it becomes really more joyful. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. We thank God for Ron, that he came into your life, that he saw that he saw a kindred spirit and that he reached out to you and initiated the friendship that you didn't even know that you needed. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So let's let's talk about the second need the uh, the need to to have to have a cohort with whom you have theological study and growth. The what I have noticed and what I did notice about my time in the ministry is how difficult it is, especially if you have the preaching teaching part of your ministry. To continue being yes. being on top of things, uh, being uh, being uh, uh, alive, uh, being um, uh, how do I say this? Being relevant, yeah, that is what I, being relevant, and that has to do with whether one is studying or whether one is keeping the record of the things they have done in the past and they're using them again and again and again. <laughs> and it happens. Uh, there is yes. a story which is told, and it wasn't very nice. It was not very nice. So let me not tell it, because this this pastor preached, and after he preached, he was preaching the notes that he got from seminary. And when his folder finished, he says, "Now I don't have anything to preach about. Uh, I am not going to preach anymore." Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> but that is a that is a total extreme. I don't know whether it happened, but that was a joke at one time yes. when, in the ministry here in Kampala. But that is what yes. it is. You come yes. from seminary. You really been yes. prepared. You've been enabled and sharpened to be able to study and to weigh ideas and and then. Often you hear from among the if we are in the congregation sorting or if we are in a ministry like you minister them to the young people or or the children, then you begin to hear some things which are happening and you have no idea whether it is good theological position or not. That is where yes. one needs another person, a group of people who are committed yes. to studying the current things together. Yes, they may choose to study the Bible together. Uh, they may yes. choose, but what I'm talking about here is studying the theo- into, the th- into the theological world. If, yes, if if you hear uh, a, a theological position that is being forwarded, then do you know? Can you respond to a question which, from your congregation, from a person who you are minister to? Well, if they asked a question in that area. Let me give an illustration. Yes, yes. Yes. For instance, there are certain mm-hmm. teachings that um, uh, come and you are wondering whether they are right or not right. Um, the, the typical example that I have is um, that, that actually, you know what? The Lord returned. Oh. Hey, the Lord returned. He came. Okay. He came. He promised to come. And he said, before this generation passes away. Okay. Yeah. So he must have been speaking about the generation of his time. That before yes. he passed away, he would return. And yes. therefore, he actually returned. Although many people missed it. Just like they, they miss their his first coming, his first coming. <laughs> yes, yes. And so you do not have to wait for him to return. We are already in the post-returning uh, millennium. <laughs> okay. It may yes. sound funny for you, but I know that there are some churches where this is a typical teaching. And where they take it seriously. And they take it seriously. Yes. So if somebody who has had something like that and is in your area of ministry, either as a young person who has had it on television or has, how do you answer that? The best, the best is to this cohort, if you have built this cohort, you come to the cohort and say, this is what I have found out. Can you help? Can we study it together and find out the answer, the solution to this? Yes. And that that is yes. that is not a Bible study because it will involve Bible study, but that's not yes. a Bible study. That is a theological study. Yes. And there could be others. There could be others yes. that that would be yes. raised in your ministry setting. For me, um, it, the first thing that challenged me when I was uh, a youth minister was uh, what was current at about that time 
brought in by Bethnacostal friends, brothers and sisters, mm. whom I knew. And they are now into yes. tongues. They were into mm. tongues. They were into all sorts of things. I had not... I never studied these things at seminary. We never yes. talked about them. And now I am in the field. And here it mm. is. Should I say they are wrong? How yes. can I say they are wrong? Should I say they are right? It is in the Bible, but is it applicable to these days? Should people yes. be praying in tongues? That was my one of my first questions in the ministry um, in that time. And I, ha I am so, yes. so pr glad that I was privileged to have friends that we sat together and discussed uh, the matter together. Yes. And we were able to make yes. a stand. Yeah. Yeah, but I and these questions will always come up. Like, um, there's right now in Uganda, the thing that is hot is prophecy. Um, you know, and and there's also the the uh, teachings on grace, um, the emphasis on teachings on grace, um, which uh, can 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 present some interesting theological questions for 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 legacy churches. Um, uh, I, I I feel like I feel like it is important for for ministers to know that these questions will always be there, um, and so it it behooves you to be in a group that is it behooves you to to be in a cohort to have a cohort of people with whom you go and you say hey I'm facing this really difficult question. Um, and I have some ideas about it, but could we study it together in a, in an academic sense so that we so that we get to the bottom of it? We understand the origins of the teaching. We understand times maybe in the church history when this teaching has risen up, so that we can um, so that we can we can know how to deal with it. Um, I'll, I'll give an example from my own life. When I worked at uh, uh, a Pentecostal church a couple of years ago. Um, we had a group in the young adults who came out and self-proclaimed themselves as Calvinists. And um, it was very confusing, shocking to our congregation because we were not a Calvinist congregation. A lot of people did not, did not even know what that meant. Um, <laughs> but it was... I, <laughs> yes, or even who John Calvin was, um, and so and so, and it created a lot of consternation. And so, as uh, as a leadership team, we had to have we we had to we had to take t uh, basically do a timeout, and each one of us go and do a concerted study, and figure out for ourselves, um, and in the cohorts that we were in. To, to, to come to an understanding of it because otherwise these these things can just blow through and if you do not address them and they then these questions especially seem to come out among young people um, if, if you do not if you do not address them properly or, or address them head-on if you're dismissive of them the young people go this guy is not serious and then they go with the person who introduced the teaching to them or they try and go and find someone else who will answer the questions for them and i think that that's why certain congregations really struggle with 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 withholding on to the younger people in their congregation because they do not take the time to answer the deep questions that these people have wouldn't you say exactly uh 
for instance, you talked about the grace teaching that is around here yeah. in Uganda. I, I, I know of some ministers who dismiss the whole thing and say that is, that is not right. But, yeah. but yet the, the young people in their communities are continuing to ask yes. the same questions. And um, so, yeah. uh, just like you have said, what do they do? They go to look for the answers where the answers are being given. So, I, I, I'm my advocating for anyone in the ministry to have a study cohort, uh, particularly studying theological issues that are current, yeah. and some of them which are yeah. historical, then uh, you'll be able to stand and, and minister and, and uh, lead the community which, you have been put un, uh, which has been put under you. And... Uh, um the uh, I'll say one thing and then I'll, I'll say another thing. So what I found is that a lot of these questions are not new. And if you just devote yourself to study, you will find the answers to the questions. The church has been asking these questions for millennia because the church has been around for a really long time. Um, <laughs> and, there, and there are very, very serious people who've been asking these questions and who've been coming to to answers or, or opinions about it. But also, Dad, specifically, I, I, I'm thinking specifically about your experience at St. Francis, because you were at St. Francis for a, for a huge chunk of your... Of, of your ministry time, you were at you were at um, the at the provincial youth department before that, and then you were at Saint Francis. And Saint Francis was an interesting situation because it was at an academic community, and so having all these students yeah. in an academic space with an academic pursuit, you must have experienced so many questions during your time there that challenged you to study theology, D didn't you? I did, I did. There were many, many questions. Some of them, almost every year, same question was repeated. Because the, <laughs> because the students that had been there had graduated and gone and had asked the question, and then another group of students come in, and they find the question still lingering around the university campus. And they would come and ask and uh, because now I had I had had the study and I had had friends and we had talked and we had, I had built an answer to some of these things. So I never yeah. had I never had so many big challenges with the questions. But also, um, yes. one would have to remember that they are very very significant cults that are around and yes. about and are teaching the yes. wrong things. And yes. that is another point that calls to us to study, to study, yes. to be defenders of the faith by studying and uh, studying those cults or whatever teachings they are and are able yes. to stand and explain what the, what, what the gospel, the true gospel is. Yes. Yes. Um, I uh, I went to uh, I went to an interesting uh, Christian boarding school for my high school, for my secondary school, and um, if you stayed long enough in that school, you heard uh, the same sermon repeated a few years later, um, and and so yes, 
and so we we when I was in S one, we we did we did a study about Joseph, and then when I was in S four, Joseph appeared again, and it um, and it was the exact same thing, and I and it it got me it got me thinking about. It got me thinking about, and you, you've already mentioned this before. It got me thinking about the fact that that all too often, as as preachers, we just kind of create a list of our greatest hits, of our best sermons. We put them in a book, <laughs> and then we just hope that people aren't paying attention enough, and we keep circling back to the things that we preached in the past because we ourselves are not growing. Um, would you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, in 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 the in this institution setting, like in schools and universities, probably it is the strategy of the minister to repeat certain things every so often as the new students come in. Notice that you are in senior one when Joseph was was brought, and then you are in senior four. But there were others who have been in senior one who didn't hear Joseph when you were in senior one. So yes. that, that is, in, in, in that kind of a setting, it is okay to repeat. And I did yes. quite often in the, at the university because there was always a, a group of fresh students coming in every year. And uh, certain questions would be answered uh, right at, at the front. But yes. it becomes difficult if it is in the set community, like a congregation, uh, they, 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 they will know that you have not grown. They will know that you are repeating yourself. They will know you haven't read a new book or you haven't done something or you haven't researched. They will know, even when you think yes. they do not know, they will know because these people are intelligent. So it is important yes. for us to study to feed the people of God who is the matter that would make them grow. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. So let's talk about the third need um, uh, that the third cohort need that um, that you identified um, the global fellowship. Talk a little bit about that. Um. The Church of Jesus Christ is worldwide. From one end of the world to the other, there is the church. And yes. this church has, has been created in such a way that there are groups of belongings. I don't know whether that is English. But, but that there are a way in which people come together Across yes. the nations, they come together yes. focusing on one particular aspect of ministry, if I may use that, of our faith. Yes. And um, when, when one settles down in a, a nation like Uganda, and you see it as if there is nothing that is happening outside Uganda, there is a lot of things that one is losing or is missing. And therefore, it is important to open up and look around. These days, there is yes. even much more, it has become much more easier with the internet and all these other things. But those days of ours, the internet wasn't yes. as, as readily available. So we had to do conferences. 
We had to yes. go to international conferences. We had to go this way. We had to go that way in order to keep our growing as ministers. But one would have to remember, if they ha one has been listening to all our podcasts, that we talked earlier, in one of them, we talked about being related to those whom you, like we say, birds of the same feathers flock together. There are church, if you are in uh, traditional churches, as Paul has been calling them, in churches that are older, you may find Legacy that... Churches. Yeah? <laughs> Legacy churches. Uh, it's not traditional. If you are in <laughs> legacy churches, then there are other people somewhere in this mm. world who are struggling in the same area you are struggling in. And it is important to have mm. that kind of relationship. Mm. For instance, for us um, at St. Francis, which are one of our needs was really met when we started to know another ministry called SOMA, or Sharing of Ministries Abroad. These were the fellow Anglicans who had struggled with the work of the Holy Spirit and had studied, and yes. were teaching each other, and were explaining difficult things. And so, once in a while, my wife and I would go to Canterbury, where these conferences would be, and we would sit and listen and come back charged to be able to do what fits where we are and what does not fit where we are. This is what I'm yes. calling uh, uh, reaching out. Another example for us in our ministry was um, a church in Singapore, St. Mary and St. Mm. Margaret, yes. which uh, was really um, uh, very, very right on to the... They were. They seemed like it was St. Francis on the other side of the ocean. Yes. And uh, they were building, we were building, they were yes. struggling with the uh, things we were struggling with. They were yes. dealing, doing worship, we were doing worship, and so they would invite us. Yes. And we would yes. take a worship team to go to Singapore that far, yes. that far. Yes. And we would worship yes. and be with them for the whole week. And then they would send a team to us and we would be together and we would... It wasn't yes. mission as it sometimes is called, outreach. No, it was yes. not outreach. There was a, a fellowship. It was fellowship yes. together. And that yes. really, really greatly helped us. Yes, yes. Um, Bishop, Bishop Rennes was... Um, yes was really was really instrumental in opening up that congregation um to 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 be able to receive from the other side of of the world because i i remember i i happened to be on one of the teams that went to singapore um and i remember sitting with them and them talking about their experience of being at saint francis and seeing come alive ministries which was um our which was our attempt at a kind of wrangling the 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 Essex leavers um, and giving them something um, given some giving them something to kind of focus their attention and energy on and I remember them kind of looking at all the flavors of come alive that came out and all the different expressions of it and going oh my goodness this is how you build um, a worship ministry this is how you create 
um, a group uh, of uh, this this is how you create a, a massive worship ministry like the one we had at St. Francis. We had no shortage of, of musicians and singers and whatever. And part of that and, and drama ministry and dance and all of those things. And part of that came out of the fact that we had a strong come alive ministry that was a catchment for um for, for the Essex Leavers and that helped to direct their, their energies towards uh, music and whatever. And so it was really cool. Another thing that was cool about St. Saint, uh, Saint Mary, St. Margaret's, am I getting it right? Yes. Uh, another cool thing was that it was it was similar socioeconomic status. Uh, St. Francis was not a was not a rural congregation. It was a congregation. It was kind of an affluent congregation. Um, still is um, very highly academic, and that was uh, similar to to the people that went to St. Mary St. Margaret. So, um, so there was a lot for us to learn. It, it it turned out that there was a lot of ministry exchange that happened yes. because the congregations were at the same place as each other. What about what about Anglican renewal ministries? Because um, growing up, I remember hearing Anglican renewal ministries, Anglican renewal ministries, Anglican, but I was too young to know what was happening with what was happening in that. <laughs> uh, that was a particular uh, uh, attention focus focus. Um, how, how did ministry focus in the Anglican Church uh, around yes. the world? To yes. studying the place of the Holy Spirit in the church in the 21st century and, um, uh, and uh, applications of what had been studied. Was the Holy Spirit still relevant as, uh, as of now as he was in the first century? Yes. As a very interesting uh, illustration, uh, oh, no, not illustration, but yeah, let me say it this way. When the young people in Uganda started uh, experiencing the, the movement of the Holy Spirit, it was actually St. Francis way many years before I went there. And yes. uh, that created a challenge for the leaders of the Anglican Church in Uganda and yes. um, the the leaders of the Anglican Church got concerned that now people were now beginning their young people were beginning to go away to yes. to get lost, and so they invited them and invited the theological teacher who was then teaching yeah. at Bishop Tucker Theological College to yes. to speak to them. And the explanation which I got later, many years later that was given to yes. them was that they were told that the, the Holy Spirit's work was intense in the first century because they did not have yes. the, new, the New Testament. They, they did not have the New Testament. Now that we have the New Testament, you know, the Holy Spirit is working through us, through the New Testament. Now, they are aware, there were many, 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 many other things that were surrounding this in the Anglican Church, including liberal theology. So there was a, a focus yes. on studying the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church. They called themselves Anglican Renewal Ministry, renewing the Anglican yes. Church. 
And yes. we were we, we we tapped into that when we came to know about it. We tapped into that. We would go to the conf their conferences they are organizing. We would learn some of the things that are coming out, yes. and that enriched our ministry as well at Saint Francis. Yes. Yes. So yes. it was it was it was a global fellowship, but it was also uh, it it hit two it hit two of the needs that we've that we've identified. It hit the global fellowship need, and it hit also the it hit also the the need uh, to have a cohort for theological study. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. One one of the things that I found so interesting in my journey has been that um, sometimes when you're looking for, let's, yeah, you're facing a problem, you're facing an issue, you're facing a challenge in ministry. Um, sometimes, like when you look around at your city or at the congregations near you, you may not find the solution. But someone in the church somewhere in the philippines in new zealand in argentina someone somewhere has faced the challenge that you're facing and if you ask if you ask god for guidance god will providentially make a way for you to meet that person and to and to and to help his congregation where you're at but you have to have your eyes open to your congregation you have to understand that the body of christ is not just a local congregation the body of christ is a global body um, and sometimes even the solutions that you're looking for may exist outside of your denominational space and you exactly. may have and you may have to humble yourself and and speak to and and have a cross denominational pollination, so to speak, um, where you develop friendships and cohorts outside of your denomination with people um, that that you might not expect. So, like my my main focus of of ministry for many years has been in worship. I have friends who are Baptists. I have friends who are Anglicans. I have friends who are Pentecostals. I have friends who are Lutherans and who are Presbyterians and whatever. And all of us together um, are sort of iron sharpening iron as we discuss. Right. Um, you know, the Anglicans have come up with some really interesting uh, ways to, to, to have contemporary worship around liturgy. Um, for us, uh, I currently work at a non-liturgical church, but there are things that we can learn from that. Um, there are also things that those who work with liturgy can learn from us who are non-liturgical churches and on and on. Um, they're, they're, one of the things that I love, and this is why I, I call them legacy churches, one of the things I love about older denominations is that they have expressions, they have prayers, they have ways of thinking about the Bible and thinking about congregational um, expression that are much more highly developed than younger denominations. And so we can say, sit at their feet and say, hey, how do we do this, um, this, this manifestation of Christ, this embodiment of Christ that we're supposed to have 
in our communities in a way that is effective, that lasts long, that has the legacy that you have, um, we can sit at their feet and humble ourselves and not just think that we have everything figured out. Because that that is the arrogance of new churches, is when you're new and everyone is like looking at the new shiny thing and coming to you and saying, ah, things are good here. <laughs> you may need to humble yourself. You may need to humble yourself and talk to a church that has been around for 500 years. Talk to a church that has been around for 120 years. Talk to a church that has been around for a thousand years to say, hey, if we want this movement to last and not just to flame in and flame out, we need to talk to the people who've been doing this for a lo- much longer time. That, uh, that, that, that is a good point. That's a very good point. Um, uh, one of the things that helped me in ministry at St. Francis was that I didn't have borders. I did not have borders as far as the denominations were concerned. Um, yes. uh, the, the Baptist minister nearby was my friend. The uh, full gospel minister nearby was my friend. Yes. And ministers, yes. and they came, they would come and minister in my church and uh, they would have teachings, would have teaching sessions. I would invite them. Pentecostal ministers, they would come. So, it, it eventually uh, there is the things become rich, rich, yes. richer than yes. a single person or even a single denomination handling something, because you have one particular position. It is it helps a lot. Welcome to Uganda. <laughs> God's creation wants to be a part of this podcast. So I could tell you about those birds. I have a story about them, but I'm not going to. Anyway, what kind of what kind of ibis what kind of ibis birds are those? They are glossy ibis, glossy, glossy ibis. ibis. Yes, yes. You have a lot of those on your property. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a particular family that lives with us around here. They are, that yes. is the one which is going home now because it's evening. Here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I derail you. <laughs> yeah. So that is that is important. We have we started with with um, with a social cohort. Yes. We went to a study cohort. Yes. We yes. are now into the mixture, but which is yes. more more of an uh, 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 working in the body of Christ as a whole, rather than a particular. Yes. Um, particular denomination. Yeah. Yes, a global yeah. cohort. Yes. 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 And so those 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 are the three needs that you kind of identified, and I think that it is really cool um, for 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 us to consider that. Now, Dad, I'm I'm going to po- I'm going to pose a hypothetical the- uh, question because there are people who will listen to this podcast and go, eh, you know what? I'm just the pastor of a little rural church, you know, somewhere in Kavale or somewhere in Masindi or somewhere in Gulu or Arua or Pakwach or you know or here in Canada I'm just a pastor of some little what, what was that what was that little village you worked in Oxford Oxford Mills yeah Oxford center 
Oxford Center. Yes, I'm just I'm just a little, you know, parish priest in Oxford Center or in Thedford or in, you know, the outskirts of Sarnia or something, you know, or somewhere up in northern Ontario. Like, what, how, you know, these, these things sound like lofty ideas far removed from me. Why should I pay attention to them? What would you say to such a person? You should pay attention first and foremost. Because he who called you, he who called you, will accomplish that which he called you to accomplish if you surrender completely to him. And part of surrendering to him is listening to advice of people who have been at it for some time. Yes. My community, my community that I grew up in way, way back, back in the village, we were a very rural rural church. But one yes. of the things that really helped in that community, although I was a rebel, a rebel at that time, one of the things that yes. helped in that community was that there was, we called it fellowship. Fellowship. Yes. The people coming together once a, a, in, during the week, not on Sunday. Yes. During the week. Yes. To study together the things that have been going on, or to study the Bible together, and they would have yes. a teacher, and this teacher yes. would would uh, either their teacher or somebody a Christian that has been studying something would stand up and help the others understand what is going on. That helps yes. our little community to bring up people like me. Yes. So. It, it really doesn't matter where you are. You are being put there. You are intelligent. Yes. You are social being. Yes. And you can reach out to farther than you think you can at the moment. So it is up yes. to the individual person to say, I would like to grow in this area. I'd like to grow in that area. Because one of the yes. things that, that really happens with the, uh, the ministers that are in, 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 inwardly looking is um, falling victims of their own uh, isolation. From a, I, I don't yes. know how to put it this way, but you, you have not op opened up to, to a, another person or a group of other friends that you are growing yes. together, you are alone. Mm. And um, <coughs> that easily causes um, uh, dryness. Yes. And uh, so, yes. do not listen to it. Listen to what we have... I've been at it for a long, long time. And what I'm telling in this podcast are some of the things I have observed, but also some of the things I personally have gone through, and I do not want some other minister to go through them. Or if I have yes. gone and they are successful, I would wish that they would see that that is a good way. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. Well, um, I think that this is a good place to end our podcast this week. Um, yeah. There is there is so much more that could be said on this topic. There's so much more ground that we could cover. But um, 
I, I think that I think that part of the great thing about ministry and about uh, vo- vocational ministry working with churches is that it is not it's not simply a theoretical pursuit. You actually have to live it. <laughs> it is real life. It is real life. You inter you have to interface with people. You have to put yourself out there. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be inquisitive. Um, you have to have a posture of learning and growing. Um, and um, just like I'm doing with my father right now, iron sharpening iron, testing out ideas, asking questions. You need to be in cohorts um, where where all of these things happen. You know. We, we, we thank you all so much for continuing on this yes. journey with us. We thank you all so much for continuing to walk with us and talk with us. We would love to hear back from you and hear how these episodes are, are, are touching you and reaching you. So please do not hesitate to, to reach out. Um, Dad, before we go, is there anything that you'd like to say? No, uh, only, to, only to say that... Um, the journey, for any minister, the journey is long. It's yes. long. And please remember that even when, supposing you are near a retirement, it's not yet, you do not retire. I, I asked the Lord at my retirement time. I asked the Lord, what am I going to do? And he, he pointed to me the vision that he had put in my heart for reaching yes. out to the young people. And yes. then he asked, did I make a contract with you when I called you out? And I said, no, you didn't. And he said, go and work. So that is how, yeah. what it is and how it is that we are still continuing to work, even in our yeah. old age. So do not give yes. up. Do not look to finishing yes. yet. Yes. We are going to continue sharing these things and so we hope you'll be there and we love to yes. hear from you as Paul has said. Yes. 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 Thank yes. you very much. We God love, bless we you. Love. We love ministers. We love the work that you're doing. Um, and, and we challenge you to keep growing and being inquisitive just as we are. And now may the, you know, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face and favor shine upon you and give you his peace and um, walk with him, listen to him, follow his leading and see where he goes. Let the Lord surprise you and see what he can do through your life. Dad, would you like to bless us and end this? And uh, so uh, that blessing is confirmed the blessing of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit continue to be with you as you support some others in the ministry that God has given you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you, everybody. See you soon. See you back. See you soon. Yeah, see you back here very soon. (laughs) 